0: Live. Yes, folks, we're back for the pre-Thanksgiving edition of Wrestling Revisited, episode number 52 for Tuesday, November the 22nd, 2016, one 444 7044 Forty-four. That's one seven two four 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 seventy-four forty-four. Call ID one three nine nine two six pound. And you can join us right now. I am the host of Wrestling Revisited. The Ice Man, Jared D. Droll. of course, King N.W. T. Smith, the Marty. Excuse me, the Doc Brown, to my Marty McFly, if you will, has been disposed this evening. He usually is joining me live here on the show tonight, but uh, unfortunately, due to circumstances that are out of our hands. However, he has a prior engagement at the moment, however, and he will be joining us next week, ladies and gentlemen, for episode number 53. But of course, he will also be joining us here later this evening, ladies and gentlemen, What should be an exciting night of action, however, on Revolution beginning at 9 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, the caller ID is 138055-POUND. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, here on Wrestling Revisited. We take you back to 1990 to Clash of the Champions. Yes, folks, Clash of the Champions. And you're asking us what event at Clash of the Champions are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to tell you what event it was. It was Clash of the Champions 11, Coastal Crush. Held live on June 13th, 1990, the McAllister Field House on the campus of the Citadel, there in Charleston, South Carolina, which drew a 4.1 rating. This was, of course, the build-up show for the upcoming Great American Bash that would be held one month later in Baltimore, Maryland. And of course, we will tell you exactly what happened on this Clash of the Champions show. And of course, we'd love to hear back from you, however, as well as we gave you the number here at the top of the show. Now don't forget, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, however, coming up tonight at nine PM on the Revolution Show, the caller ID is 138055 Pound. Gerard and I will have your news and uh uh top news stories of the day, of course, and some breaking stuff coming in, ladies and gentlemen. Here on the show, of course, John Gross, the human suplex machine. However, we'll have your birthdays and dates in history. And then, of course, we will be talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT from this past weekend, which was a very exciting weekend. Uh, If you could just hold two seconds, we'll tell you more about that in just a minute. We'll be right back. Sorry about that, folks. We had a uh, minor uh, snafu there, but we're back. Anyway, as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we'll be talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, what a crazy weekend it was in the WWE. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into the uh, story at hand, however. So without further delay, let us tell you what uh, went down on Clash of the Champions 11. Of course, our first match of the night was a tag team match, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, a tag team matchup, of course, and here is who was in action. The Southern Boys, consisting of Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers, took on the fabulous Freebirds, Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael P.S. Freebird Hayes, if you will, in the opener here. As a result, it went six and a half minutes long, and as a result, the Southern Boys picked up the upset win over the Freebirds. Uh, My thoughts about this match, pretty good match, uh, very entertaining. I was always a fabulous Freebirds fan, as you know, back in the day, whether it be guys like Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, Buddy Jack Roberts. I mean, all these guys were very unique in their own. And it's a shame, however, there are only a couple of these guys left. Of course, Garvin and Hayes being the two of them. The other two, Terry Bam Bam Gordy and Buddy Jack Roberts, unfortunately no longer with us. Of course, Terry Gordy's son, as you know, last we heard, was uh, still wrestling, I believe, in the independent scene, however, believe it or not. And for a brief time, I believe he was also trying his luck in the major leagues, if you will, while uh, on the other hand, however, Buddy Jack Roberts tragically and sadly lost him a few years ago due to throat cancer, however, as apparently he had uh, very serious uh, health issues, as you well know, uh, shortly after his career ended and, as was always, taken away from us far too soon. But uh, talking about the fabulous Freebirds, of course, they were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this past year in Dallas. Uh, well-deserved, of course, Michael P.S. Hayes was representing his brothers, of course, Robertson Gordy, along with his other Freebird mate, uh, Terry, uh, or excuse me, his other Freebird mate, Jimmy Jam Garvin. Uh, who was there uh, that night in Dallas, we understand, this past year, to honor the Freebirds, uh, well-deserved. Of course, they also had a brief time uh, running uh, things down there in Texas, as you know, in the mid-'80s in world-class championship wrestling and, of course, teaming up with the Von Erich brothers, Kevin Von Erich, Kerry Von Erich, uh, and the rest of the Von Erich trio, if you will. And also, of course, they also had a brief run in the WWE back in the mid-'80s, for about six months or so, and uh, they were pretty popular in the WWE, if you want to call them that. Uh, My first memories of the Freebirds, I remember watching them as a youngster back in the day when they used to have WCCW television uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, going up against Saturday night's main event, I remember, on uh, one of the uh, main wrestling news channels here in Pittsburgh, and uh, they used to show WCCW once a month, I remember. Uh, It was like 11 or 11.30 at night, however, back on uh, this uh, one station every uh, month, however, for about a year straight. And uh, as I grew older, I grew to respect them, I grew to admire them. I remember watching other footage of them, of course, uh, back in the day, of course, in WCW. Of course, this was a time when I wasn't really a fan, however, but uh, I later watched on DVD tape uh, some matches of them, and I became a fan of them all over again. So uh, these guys were a pretty good tag team, nevertheless, referring to Garvin and Hayes. And So uh, that being said, as I said, this was a very good opener, if you ask me, here at Clash of the Champions 11. Up next, another guy who was a very big uh, old-school wrestler back in the day, whether it be Georgia or Memphis, Tennessee, if you will, the wildfire himself, Tommy Rich, ladies and gentlemen, was in action next here at the Class of the Champions 11. As a result, he took on a guy who I think should definitely be getting noticed in more ways than one and that is the beast of the East, Bam Bam Bigelow. As a result, Bam Bam was with his manager, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, who, of course, used to be a manager back in the day in the Florida Territory. As a result, Bam Bam was disqualified when he refused to break his chokehold on Tommy Rich by the five count, and as a result, uh, Tommy Rich uh, ended up winning this matchup in four minutes long. Uh, My thoughts about this matchup, it was okay. It wasn't anything spectacular. Of course, Tommy Rich... Uh, as you know, as I did mention, ladies and gentlemen, was a big name back in the 70s and 80s in Georgia, championship wrestling, teaming up and feuding with guys like uh, Ric Flair, uh, Dick Slater, um, who else? Let me think here. Um, there were so many great names back in the day in the '80s, early 80s. I should know some of these guys. Uh, uh, Bruiser Brody, uh, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, just to list a few, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, all in all, it was an okay match, but again, it wasn't anything spectacular, if you ask me. So there you go. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, our third match of the evening, however. Uh, this was a very unique team, however, mind you, however. And as a result, it pitted the Z-Man, Tom Zink, ladies and gentlemen, teaming up with IRS, Mike Rotundo, formerly of the U.S. Express and better known to you all as Erwin R. Seister, if you will took on Fatou and the Samoan Savage. Fatou, of course, better known to you all as Rikishi. The Samoan Savage, of course, is his brother Sam. Uh, this went five and a half minutes long, and as a result, the Z-Man and IRS picked up the win. Of course, Rotundo, of course, would also go on to uh, team up with Kevin Sullivan and Rick Steiner. Uh, later on down the road, how our former group called the Varsity Club, if you ask me. Of course, Rotundo, the half-brother of... Uh, former WWE and NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Barry Windham, if you will. Uh, as a result, however, uh, my thoughts about this matchup, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular, if you ask me. I mean, Rotundo, I do remember watching him back in the day, in the mid-80s, when he teamed up with Barry Windham and those twos to have some battles. Uh, and by battles, I mean they used to be teaming up with each other, however, and taking on guys like the Cheek and Nikolai Volkov, Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis. Uh, Who else did they take on? I mean, I can remember some really good matches they used to have. The Moondogs, Spot and Rex, Uh, also some other guys that were in the same boat they were. Uh, So, that being said, that's what I thought of the matchup. So, there you go. Speaking of big names, ladies and gentlemen. You'll never guess who was in our next match, however, and this is going to blow your mind, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, here is what our next match was here at Clash of the Champions 11. It was Mean Mark Callis. Yes, folks, Mean Mark Callis, now known to you all as Mean Mark Calloway, or simply known as the American Badass or the Dead Man Walking, if you will, took on Brian Pillman, however, here in a singles matchup, and as a result, Mark Callis, who I believe was led to the ring at this time, either by Paul Heyman or Teddy Long, uh, took care of Pillman here in less than six minutes long. Uh, my thoughts about this match was okay. Of course, uh, this would be one of the final times uh, The Undertaker would compete in the WCW, I believe. And uh, about six months later, however, we would see him emerge in the WWE, however, as Ted DiBiase's new uh, bodyguard, if you will. And as a result, he would make his debut at the Survivor Series that year, In Hartford, Connecticut, however, as a member of Ted DiBiase's team, Uh, when he first came in, he was a very big, powerful, strong guy, 6'9", 6'10", about 320, 330 in weight, Uh, very tough, very... uh, quiet to say the least and let his actions speak for him and of course it would be less than a year later however we would start the begin see the beginning of the so-called streak however when he laid out uh wwe hall of famer superfly jimmy snooker right down the center of the ring of the la memorial coliseum if you will however sports arena as he pinned him in less than five minutes long um As far as Pillman goes, of course, Pillman would not yet hit his stride. Of course, it would be less than six months after this that he would start to hit his stride. And, of course, later on in the 90s, he would team up with and feud with uh, his former Hollywood blonde mate and good friend, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But he would also have some battles with guys like Fusion Thunder Liger, uh, also becoming a member of the Four Horsemen stable later on in the decade of the 90s, uh, with guys like Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit, uh, Steve Mungo McMichael, if you will, uh, Dame Malenko. So uh, that being said, that's what I thought of this matchup here. Uh, pretty good for the most part, but again, just a little too short, if you ask me. Speaking of short, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want to remind you that coming up tomorrow night, ladies, you know, we've got a triple header uh, set for you, however, beginning at 6.30 p.m. as Mr. WCW and I, myself. will be taking you behind the... Uh, film cameras, if you will, as we call our show, Outside the Ropes, ladies and gentlemen. This week we'll be talking about the latest new movies that came out, including um, a big movie that is a big winner at the box office this weekend, uh, as a prequel to Harry Potter. Of course, we also talk about some of the newer movies that are coming out this Thanksgiving holiday weekend, including Dwayne the Rock Johnson's new Disney movie called Mona, if you will, Moana, excuse me, and of course, Bad Santa 2, Billy Bob Thornton, Kathy Bates, and uh that is of course coming out in the theaters everywhere tomorrow. We will also talk about the latest non-entertainment news, if you will, that's going on as well tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. So you might want to check that out begin at six thirty PM. The caller ID is one four one three eight seven. And then at eight o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, you should be casting your seat belts for what should be an action packed night. At the debate table, as Michelle Lynn Dodds, myself, and Gerard T. King, and Smith, the big three of the Iceman, Miss is herself, the first true lady of the radio network, and the King of Kings, the bad guy himself, will definitely be sharing our debate on. Uh, we don't know what yet, but I promise you it will be very interesting. You might want to check that out, ladies and gentlemen, beginning tomorrow night at 8 p.m. The caller ID is 139925 pound. And then at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back on the air again with Revolution. We'll be talking about SmackDown, which is going to be taped here tonight, here in just less than an hour from now at the Canada uh, Tire Center there in the capital of Canada, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, to be exact. And uh, as a result, with two weeks to go till TLC, uh, we will definitely weigh in with our thoughts about SmackDown tomorrow night. Of course, here on the Revolution show, the caller ID is the same, 138055-POUND. Now Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen, however, we will have a very special uh, Thanksgiving edition. At least I hope we do uh, with Revolution Wolfpack Radio. Uh, if we do, how ladies and gentlemen, I believe we're going to have that. Uh, we will begin on the way just after nine o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. You can check that out. How the call ID is one three eight five two one pound. And then on Friday, start your weekend off with a bang in a double dip. power beginning at seven p.m. with the first lady of wrestling, and she'll be talking about UFC, MMA, TNA, ROH. WWE Survivor Series, Raw, SmackDown, whatever she can get her hands on. She's always here every Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, with her king, Gerard T. Smith, of course, with the Women's Revolution show beginning at 7 p.m. That'll be beginning beginning this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. We're not sure which time yet, one of those two times, but regardless, you can check it out every Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. The caller ID is 139927 nine two seven pound, And then, of course, we get you geared up for the weekend with Revolution, ladies and gentlemen, how once again? How are the caller ID is one three eight zero five five pound, and of course that gets underway after nine o'clock. So we got some great shows coming up this week, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to turn off the radio or shut us off by any means. How you want to keep listening because we're going to promise to bring the pain each and every night this week here, starting tonight here with our first show of the week, however, which is Wrestling Revisited. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's go back into the show, ladies and gentlemen, before we talk about anything else, how, and of course, we're going to talk after we get done with this, however, about last night's uh, post-Survivor Series Raw, which was a very interesting Raw live from the Air Canada Center there in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, as we will give you our thoughts here about last night's Raw coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we will be telling you that right now, uh, right now, what happened next. And here's what we got for you. It was the Midnight Express taking on their longtime rivals, the Rock and Roll Express. And as a result, Sweet Stan Lane got his team disqualified here when he grabbed the referee to break up a pin count. As this match between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express went 12 minutes long, giving the Rock and Rollers the win by DQ. Of course, this was for the NWA US Tag Team Championships. As a result, the Rock and Roll Express did win, however, but I believe they won by disqualification, not giving them the belts whatsoever. However, I do have to say this, though, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Anytime these guys would get it on, the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, they would always deliver a hard-hitting matchup. And the same could be said about the Midnight Express and the Road Warriors. The Rock and Roll Express versus the Russians, Nikita and Ivan Kolov, or the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. I mean, back then, they had some pretty good tag teams, if you recall. In the old NWA, if you will. Uh, This was a pretty good matchup, I'd have to say. Of course, I was always impressed to see these four uh, go out there and steal the show. And it seemed like any time they were fighting each other, whether it be in Mid-South, WWE, which I believe they did once or twice in WWE, However, especially uh, after uh, James E. Cornette brought the Midnight Express in, along with the Rock and Roll Express from uh, Tennessee, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, these guys would always find a way to up the ante with each other. And as a result, however, uh, there was no true word spoken here on this night when these four went at it once again. uh, As a result, uh, these guys definitely put on a good effort. And uh, they definitely showed the crowd uh, what they were made of. However, here... Tonight in uh, Charleston As a result uh, Again it went 12 minutes long And as a result However these guys Really really made uh, The show go So that being said I thought it was a pretty good match However I just didn't like the finish though Uh, Overall however It is what it is As I say all the time however And so uh, that being said That's what I thought of this matchup So again it was a pretty good matchup For the most part However I thought it was very entertaining However I thought these guys Really gave it F, a for effort, i guess. got to say. And uh, they handled themselves really well. So uh, that being said, that's what I thought. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's go on to our next match. Uh, Barry Wyndham was in our next match, ladies and gentlemen. And Barry Wyndham, of course, was taking on Doug Furness in a singles match up here. Again, this went about less than six minutes long. Uh, as a result Wyndham picked up the win over Doug Furness of course Furness would later go on to compete in ECW later on in the decade however along with his uh, tag team partner Phil Lafon Uh, sad to say unfortunately Doug Furness however uh, tragically passed away uh, four years ago at the age of 52 due to heart disease of course uh, as you know he was a very big uh, tough guy both inside and outside of the ring in fact at one point however Outside of the ring, he set a world powerlifting record in the 275-pound weight class, however, believe it or not, squatting at one time 986 pounds, bench pressing 600, and deadlifting 825 pounds, folks. I mean, that's no joke. This is legit. Total, however, equipped, however, and everything like that with minimum supportive gear, he lifted over 2,400 pounds. That's right, 2,403 to be exact. 1090 kilograms kilograms uh, overall. Uh, just, just an incredible achievement in itself. Uh, sad to say, of course, however, uh, as a result, however, he had been part of Parkinson's disease prior to his passing, however, mind you. But uh, as a result, Furness, of course, who was survived by his wife, parents, three sisters, or brother, as well as numerous nieces and nephews, however. Uh, also did some work, however, outside of weightlifting, however, as him and his wife ran a group home for uh, troubled children, however, and would also raise bucking stock rodeo bulls in a family farm. So this gentleman was definitely unique, no doubt about it. Of course, he also, we told you, uh, teamed up with uh, his tag team partner, uh, Phil LaFon. Of course, he also wrestled in Japan. Phil LaFon, of course, uh, better known to you all as... Uh, Dan Crawford, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, and who is, I believe, still wrestling to this day at the age of 55, ladies and gentlemen, last I heard, believe it or not, uh, after being forced to retire for a few years uh, due to nagging knee and shoulder injuries, he's back in the ring these days. Uh, he has also been known by other names, including uh, Rene Rougeau, uh, Rocky Ventero. Of course, he was trained by the legendary superstar Mr. Hito if you will. Of course, Mr. Hito uh, tragically passed away four days before his 68th birthday back in April 2010. Uh, But getting back to uh, and Furness, these guys also uh, used to team up in the WWE together, if you will. Uh, They also worked ECW together uh, as a tag team once, however, and also other federations as well. In fact, uh, believe it or not... uh, him and uh, LaFon actually worked together quite exclusively over in Asia and Japan and were considered one of the greatest tag teams in all of Asia as they held the All-Asia World's Tag Team titles a record five times, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, five times. So there you go. Um, having said that, mind you, uh, those guys were very unique with Furness and LaFon. It's a shame that Furness is no longer with us. Of course, uh, he was considered a very likable guy, both inside and outside of the room, from what I heard. And as a result, uh, on this night, however, he took on Barry Windham, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, gave Barry Windham all he could handle. But in the end, he came up just a little short of his effort, if you will, by uh, just falling a little short of victory here. Uh, that being said, go figure. Anyway, our next match, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, was Lex Luger taking on Sid Vicious. As a result, Luger would defeat Sid Vicious here in not very much time at all. In fact, it was very little time at all. Uh, it went 25 seconds long, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, however, mind you, uh, Sid, of course, uh, would go on to compete in the WWE shortly after after this uh, memorable uh, night, if you will. As a result, however, he would return to the WCW, however, in late 91, I believe, early 92 again, and uh, become a member of the Four Horsemen, if you will. And we have someone on the call with us right now, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we did just have someone on the call with us. I'm sorry, if that person will call back, uh, we'll give the number again, 1724-444-7044-139926. I must have lost it for just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. We just uh had someone to call with us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so if that person would like to call back, uh, we just gave you the number there. However, uh, again, we'd like to hear back from you on this uh, if, uh, chat. If you could, please uh, uh, call us back. We'll be glad to take you on the air with us again. Uh, but as I said, ladies and gentlemen, again, I was saying, um, this went um, uh, only 20 seconds long. Of course, uh, Sid, of course, would then go on to uh, become a member of the Four Horsemen later on in the decade. Uh, mind you, of course, as a result, of course, he would go back to WWE once again in the mid-90s as a result. However, I mean, he, he's been bouncing from territory to territory, has Sid. Uh, of course, he began his career, as you know, back at Memphis, I believe in the late 90, late 80s, early 90s, if you will. Uh, but that being said, uh, go figure, you know. So... Oh, well. Um, Having said that, mind you ladies, that's what happened uh, involving um, uh, Sid Vicious and Lex Luger. Um, Before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want to acknowledge uh, a particular wrestler, uh, Randy Orton, and his lovely wife, Kim, gave birth to a healthy baby girl this afternoon named Brooklyn Rose. Uh, She has been reported to have weighed in at 8 pounds. So congratulations is definitely in order, however, to the Viper and his lovely wife, Kim, who uh, are welcoming the new member of the Orton family into their uh, lives today, ladies and gentlemen. So that is very exciting to hear. And uh, that is very, uh, very cool to see, say the least, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will definitely... Um, like to acknowledge them, however, and congratulate them on the newest addition of their family. As you know, of course, as we said, uh, Brooklyn Rose became a member of the Oren family uh, legacy today. So uh, definitely congratulations is in order to them. And uh, we would like to wish them nothing but the best. And uh, we extend our our hand to them both, uh, becoming proud parents once again to a brand new baby girl. (coughs) Excuse me. Also, uh, ladies and gentlemen, while we got this time, uh, of course, we're going to get back into Clash of the Champions 11 Coastal Crush here in just a few minutes. Uh, We want to take the time out to acknowledge that last night's Monday Night Raw rating uh, went up, believe it or not, last week. They came close to a 2-0, however, for the go-home show prior to Survivor Series Live from Buffalo, New Yorkers. They scored a 1.98, just falling short of a 2-0. Last night, they went over a 2-0 and then some. Ladies and gentlemen, on the post-Survivor Series show, live from the Air Canada Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, up there at the Air Canada Center, as a result, they scored a 2.14, yes folks, a 2.14 to be exact, so uh, congratulations to them, as for the first time in, I believe, almost two and a half months, ladies and gentlemen, Monday Night Raw lifted themselves out of the uh, bottom of the basement, so to speak, however, and started to Shooting upward, if you will, and as a result, uh, they uh, scored a 2-14 last night. However, there in the Air Canada Center, as they put on a pretty good effort last night there in Toronto. Of course, the main event was highlighted, of course, by Seth Rollins taking on Kevin Owens, if you will. Of course, the rules were quite simple in this one: uh, no Roman Reigns, no Chris Jericho at ringside for this at all. As apparently Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley both acknowledged that neither participant of this main event could have anyone at ringside. Well, unfortunately, Kevin Owens broke that cardinal rule, let's just say, last night as he had his little buddy come out and save him, if you will, in the form of Chris Jericho wearing a car mask. Uh, as a result, I have not yet heard if Mick Foley will take action on Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho because of the... Uh, shenanigans they pulled on Seth Rollins last night, but I gotta tell you it was a very good main event last night uh very entertaining for the most part. it went twenty five minutes long. however, in the end, thanks to uh chris Jericho, needless to say he uh, well helped his uh little uh boyfriend slash uh his buddy, if you will let's just say Kevin Owens retain the universal championship however uh here um all in all, I thought it was a very good match. Um, I also thought that uh, those two put on a heck of a encounter um, all over the Air Canada Center when it was a no-disqualification match. Um, I do think, however, there will be some repercussions coming out of this. I would not be surprised uh, if some repercussions do make their way out of this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because of what happened last night involving Jericho and Owens maybe next week on Raw or later this week, however... But we'll just definitely have to watch and see. Um, Having said that, mind you, uh, very interesting, however, to say the least. Um, We'll definitely be watching that very, very carefully, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's just say. And uh, we'll definitely give you our opinions about that coming up later on tonight on uh, Revolution. also, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about a few other things uh, coming off of last night's show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of the things I do want to acknowledge, of course, is what uh, happened uh, earlier in the evening involving Bill Goldberg. Of course, Bill Goldberg announced last night, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is going to be entering the 2017 Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, how he made it official last night, of course saying that he will be one of the early participants into the World Rumble itself. Of course, this is, I mean, after what happened Sunday night. Um, my thoughts about this, uh, good for Goldberg, I guess to say. Very interesting to say, the least. I would not be surprised if the man he defeated on Sunday will be the next participant into the World Rumble or somehow make his way into the Rumble itself, and that is the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Uh, of course, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman were not there last night in Toronto after what had happened Sunday night there at the Survivors, but uh, we do know that Paul Heyman after last night's show uh with Corey Graves along with Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, Taz, and Tommy Dreamer of Lynn were at doing a documentary called The Legacy of E C. W. The spectacular legacy of the E C W, if you will, with Corey Graves there at the w- I believe in studio at the W W E on the WWE network there at the Air Canada Center or just a few weeks ago, they shot this, however. Uh, as a result, I have not heard yet how it was, but some people have told me it was a very good documentary. It was an hour long. Uh, it was very unique and fascinating, if you will, and it was worth watching. But uh, Paul Heyman and our Brock Lesnar did not attend last night's show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, due to what happened Sunday night, but you can bet that I imagine the next few weeks or within the next month or so, they're going to have a lot to say about what happened at the Survivor Series Sunday night. We'll talk more about that coming up tonight as well on the Revolution Show. Um, before we, Another thing before we continue, ladies and gentlemen, another thing I going to acknowledge last night is what Mick Foley did. And by Mick Foley, uh, I want to talk about the actions Mick Foley did last night to one particular wrestler in the form of Sami Zayn. Last night, of course, Sami Zayn uh, was punished, apparently, by both Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley, ladies and gentlemen, we understand. Due to the fact, however that uh, they did not bring the uh, IC title back to Raw, however, mind you, if you will, however. And as a result, however, Mick Foley felt, uh, along with Stephanie, how that Sammy needed to be punished because of that. Uh, my opinion about that was that that was absolutely bogus in every sense of the word. It really was. I don't think Sammy deserved that at all. And because of this, Sammy was rocked up pretty hard last night by the big, bad Braun Strowman himself. And as a result, however, the matchup did not last very long. It lasted less than five minutes. As a result, however, Sammy Zayn was on his way to the ring. However, suddenly he got jumped from behind by Strowman and basically beaten to a pulp, if you will. Um, my thoughts about that, I thought it was absolutely stupid. I thought it was absolutely asinine and moronic that Mick and Steph would punish Sammy this way. And then Mick comes out later on, and says to the referee, however, uh, that's enough. I mean, he's suffered enough. I mean, I don't know what Mick was trying to prove along with Stephanie last night, that Sammy deserved this kind of punishment. I think both of them uh, punishing Sammy this way was absolutely inhuman, barbaric, and just totally criminal in every sense of the word. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And I hope uh, that uh, Mick uh, will admit that he made a mistake, however, hopefully next week on Raw in the next couple days, if not, however, shame on him, I think it was absolutely stupid and totally inhuman, he would, uh, make one of his own superstars, however, on Raw, uh, suffer a beatdown like that, it was just absolutely no cause for that, or no, uh, uh, issues with that, I just think it was absolutely inhuman that something like that happened, so, uh, I do hope there will be some repercussions being taken out of this, but, uh, The way Sammy and Stephanie uh, punished Mick, like I said, Mick punished Sammy like this, was just not worth it. It really was not worth it at all last night. And I hope they see the error their ways. And if they don't, shame on them. Shame on them. Uh, Another thing that was interesting about last night, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to talk about, obviously, was uh, the whole woman's thing. And I'll talk more about that uh, later on tonight, as well as uh, my recap for the whole show in general on revolution. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back to uh, Clash of the Champions, 11 ladies and gentlemen, here uh tonight and tell you our thoughts about this show. Uh with that said, here's what we got for you as far as um um the overall uh show itself, uh ladies and gentlemen, uh please bear with me. We are having some technical issues right now, so uh we're definitely continuing this on. Uh ladies and gentlemen, However... And here is what we had for, you. had for you as we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, here at Clash of the Champions 11. Uh, our next match, ladies and gentlemen, Doom. Yes, folks, Doom, if you will. Ron Simmons and Butch Reed took on the Steinbras, Rick and Scott for the NWA World Tag Team titles. As a result, Doom won the title in 11 and a quarter minutes. Uh, This was a pretty good match. I was always a fan of Simmons and Reed. Of course, they were led by Teddy Long as well. Uh, The Steiner brothers, of course, were a pretty good team too back in the day. Of course, we all know about Scott Steiner's history since that day and since the early 90s, of course, when he used to team up with his brother, uh, uh, Rick, uh, for a brief time. He was known as the Genetic Freak, big pop-up pump, if you will. Uh, He also has had some issues outside of the ring with fans, as you know. Uh, Of course, uh, One of the incidents that occurred, however, mind you, however, uh, at one point, however, he made terrorist threats and also uh, threatened uh, uh, a Georgia Department of Transportation employee, however, mind you. As a result, he was placed on seven years probation because of this gentleman, however, mind you, however, and sentenced to 10 days in jail. He also, uh, apparently, however, also was banned from attending last year's Hall of Fame. Due to the fact that he threatened Hulk Hogan's wife Jennifer, however, uh, since that time, our, excuse me, he denies ever making those comments. Also, ladies and gentlemen, him along with Lex Luger and Marcus Bagwell were removed from a flight following a disturbance on a plane. As a result, they were detained for several hours and permitted to continue on their journey. Uh, as a result, however, mind you, the only person who was held without bail or charged and jailed was Lex Luger. And then finally, he was also arrested for assaulting an emergency medical technician, however, on an episode of Nitro, however, and as a result, he was charged with assault and battery, however, and then he did not know the person that he hit, however, was in fact an actual real EMT, not a staged actor. As a result, he also fought with brief-time WCW road agent and former WWE and uh, legendary Mid-South wrestler Terry Taylor believe it or not, so uh, you talk about a guy who uh, has gone off the deep end more often than not over the years, however, is definitely Scott Steiner. Um, But getting back to what I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, as far as this matchup goes between the Steiners and Doom, this was a pretty good match. It was one of the better matches of the night, if you will, I thought, overall. And uh, there you have it. So that being said, that's what I thought of this one. Then from there we go to our semi-main event. It was Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in action, taking on Arn Anderson. Paul Orndorff winning in 12 minutes. Of course, Paul Orndorff later on would go on to train wrestlers at the WCW Power Plant. Uh, As you know, he is actually uh, recently recently had a birthday, believe it or not, about a month ago, turning 67 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, of course, he was trained by Bob Backlund, Eddie Graham, Jack Briscoe, the former N.W. World's Champion, and Hiro Matsuda. He wrestled for 18 years. He also, for a brief time, tried his luck in the NFL, however, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints, but unfortunately, he felt like football was not beneath him. And as a result, however, in the late 70s, however, he would go on to get his first break into wrestling. And in June of 1977, he... Pinned Jerry the King Lawler for the Mid-South Heavyweight title, however, before losing the title back to Lawler. Uh, He would then go on to compete in the NWA, as well as uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling for a brief time, and then show up in the WWE, where he would stay for the better part of five years, however, before uh, retiring, however, due to a severe arm injury, however, in 1989. As a result, shortly at the same time, however, a lot of people... He began to notice, however, that he was uh, not the same person, if you will. In fact, however, at one point, however, he said that uh, because of his in-ring ability, however, that he just could not keep wrestling, however, he felt like he needed to uh, uh, do something else with his life. Well, that didn't last very long, and as a result, however, he did return to the WCW ring, however, in early 1990. And as a result, however... He uh, made his in-ring return in June of 1990, however, defeating Nasty Ned Brady on the main event in Beckley, West Virginia. He then also became a member of a group with the Steiner Bros, along with Junkyard Dog, Lex Luger, and Stinger calling themselves the Dudes with Attitudes. And as a result, the Dudes would back up, of course, Sting in his fight up with the legendary Four Horsemen, uh, of course, uh, at the Clash of the Champions XI. Of course, Orndorff would defeat Double A R Anderson. Uh, one month later, of course, he would team up with the JYD and El Gheonte to defeat Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and Sid Vicious by DQ. As a result, he would then go on to face Arn in several non-title matchups. He would also defeat at one time The Undertaker. Sad to say, how his final WCW matchup would come, however, mind you, in late August of that year when he teamed up with JYD in a losing effort against the tag team Doom. He would then leave the promotion once more later on that fall. Uh... For a brief time. However, he would return again, however, two years later, however, and take on Mick Foley, with the winner being uh, Manager Harley Race's chosen a replacement for an injured Rick Ruth, the Clash of the Champions. He would also team up with Pretty Paul Roma, however, calling themselves Pretty Wonderful. However, uh, once and for all, however, by the end of 1995, however, he noticed the same problems were beginning to occur once more, and as a result, this time he decided to hang up his boots. Once and for all. Uh, from there, of course, ladies and gentlemen, he began to run the WCW power plant where he trained several young guys, including uh, a group of guys who call themselves the natural-born throwers, were consisting of Mike Sanders, Chuck Palumbo, Mark Jindrak, the late Sean O'Hare, Sean the Man Stasiak, uh, Johnny the Bull Stan bully, and, of course, a wrestler simply known as Reno, better known to you all well as Richard Rick Cornell. So there you have it, folks, a little bit of history involving Paul Orndorf, if you will. Uh, but getting back to what I was saying about this matchup involving Orndorf and Anderson, this was a pretty good matchup, of course. Uh, these two would definitely have a lot of clashing in the months ahead, however, if you will, and we would see what would happen as a result uh, between the two of them. So there you go. And from there, ladies and gentlemen, we then go to the main event, ladies and gentlemen, and here's what our main event was for the NWA World's Heavyweight title, ladies and gentlemen. It consisted of the Junkyard Dog, yes, folks, the late great Sylvester Ritter, J.Y.D. himself, the man who had some great battles back in the day with guys like Butch Reed in Mid-South Wrestling, if you will, as well as Terry Funk and his brother Dory Funk Jr. in the WWE in the mid-'80s, taking on Nature Boy Ric Flair. As a result, Ric Flair was disqualified here when the four horsemen would interfere in the bout. However, Ric Flair still remained the champion. However, and as a result, JYD's chances of uh, capturing the NWA World's heavyweight title slipped through his fingers here on this night. However, and as a result, uh, somehow, someway, Ric Flair escaped within an inch of his life, let's just say, by pulling off, uh, well, let's just say, he didn't pull it off, but he barely got out of there in one piece, if you will near his home uh, state of North Carolina, if you will. So he was hustling down in South Carolina on this night, not in North Carolina, but he was still in his nearest Bellman backyard at this time. As a result, he would uh, retain the NWA World Heavyweight title despite the fact he lost to JYD by DQ. Of course, Ric Flair would go on to leave uh, WCW, however, in 1990, uh, early 91, due to some issues with management. In fact, however, it was in... Um, the spring of 91, however, one year later, he would uh, have a fight with President Jim Hurd, who told him to take a pay cut. At the time, Hurd removed Flair as head booker earlier th- in February of the year before and reducing his role in the promotion as a top draw. And in fact, at one point, however, uh, Ric Flair was told by Hurd, however, that he would have to shave his head, wear a diamond earring, and go by the name Spartacus in order to change with the times. Uh, believe it or not, Flair disagreed with these proposals. And because of this, however, oddly enough, however, less than a year later, two weeks before the great American bash, Heard fired him and told him to, uh, lead the WCW world's heavyweight title with him. Flair felt it was beneath him. He told, uh, Heard to go bleep himself, mind you. And as a result, however, he then took off uh, as a result shortly thereafter. But, uh, Around this time prior to that, however, Flair would uh, get into some battles with guys like Terry Funk, uh, Ricky Steamboat, of course, Sting. As a result, him and Sting would have a very interesting feud with one another throughout the summer of 90 into the winter of 1990, if you will. Of course, Flair would drop the title to Sting at the Great American Bash. And then, uh, after being unmasked at the Black Scorpion later on in early 91, however, Flair would regain the title for the Stinger in front of a near empty house due to blizzard conditions in New York City. However, he was still recognized by WCW as the first World's Heavyweight Champion, though he was also considered the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Uh, in March of 1991, of course, the young dragon, Tatsumi Fujinami, defeated him in a controversial match at the WCW New Japan Super Show there in the Land of the Rising Sun. Of course, uh, that occurred in front of 64,500 fans there, uh, and that match went 23 minutes long that saw... Fujinami, uh, win the title, however Uh, but While the NWA recognized Fujinami as the new champ WCW, uh, which took over the old NWA's name, uh, did not Because Fujinami apparently had Backdropped the player over the top rope late in the matchup in a violation of their rules As a result, uh, two months Later, however, the two of them went out One more time, however, mind you And as a result, however uh Flair reclaimed the NWA World's Heavyweight title from Fujinami and also hold on to the WCW World title at the same time by defeating Fujinami there at Super Brawl 1. Uh, that matchup there at Super Brawl 1 occurred in front of over 6,000 fans at the Bayfront Arena there, however. And going into that matchup, that was billed as Return from the Rising Sun. So definitely, ladies and gentlemen, some great matches there, uh, needless to say, involving... Fujinami and the nature boy himself, Ric Flair. Uh, but game back to what I was saying about JYD, ladies and gentlemen, a great guy, a great competitor back in the day. Uh, he started his career, of course, in 1977, uh, retired in 1993. He also, at one time, uh, was an All-American at Fayetteville State University there in Fayetteville, North Carolina, if you will, uh, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Uh tragically, unfortunately and sadly we lost him at a very young age, the age of forty five as he was on his way to his uh daughter's uh, high school graduation, believing he was returning home. As a result, apparently he fell asleep at the wheel and as a result, uh somehow, some way, uh left us far too soon because of that. Uh tragically, meanwhile, however uh mind you, however, uh j y d JYD's daughter unfortunately is no longer with us as well. Apparently his daughter and his sister represented him in March of two thousand and four along with uh, JYD's longtime one time longtime rival and uh somewhat close friend, the big cat Ernie Ladd, uh honored him in March of two thousand and four. Tragically the toy would pass away sadly five years ago, uh due to uh the fact she had a heart attack. Uh she was only thirty one when we lost her. So, uh you talk about uh, tough breaks, however, in the JYD uh, family, however, those were it. But uh, nevertheless, however, uh, JYD was always a fun-loving guy, and I was always a big fan of the Junkyard Dog. And this guy used to always have battles with, like I said, guys like Butch Reed, Greg Valentine, uh, Rick Flair even, uh, Ernie Ladd, uh, Terry Funk. The list goes on, ladies and gentlemen. And this guy was definitely a fun-loving guy, and he was definitely a heartwarming guy to all the fans out there, whether you loved him or didn't. But uh, he was a very, very unique guy. Of course, he was known by many nicknames besides JYD, as we mentioned. Uh, He was known as Big Daddy Ritter, Stagger Lee, uh, the Thump Man himself because of the standing scoop power slam he used to deliver to his opponents all the time. Uh, also, of course, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, he uh, had some battles with, uh, like I said, with guys like I mentioned, uh, Butch Reed, Ladd, Ted DiBiase, King Kong Bundy, even Kamala for a brief time. Uh, in late 1984, I believe, yeah, it was like 1984, that's right, yes, 1984, early 85, uh, JYD, of course, uh, mind you, made his WWE debut, and of course, he would stay in the company. Until uh, late 1987, early 1988, if you will, and then make his way to WCW, where he'd spend the final five years of his career before hanging up the boots. Uh, at the time he retired, however, many people were wondering what he would do next. You know, I mean, at one point, however, he was a big man, weighing up to close to 330, 340 pounds, but he shed all that weight down to about 275, 280, however, mind you, and was continuing to. Uh, off a little bit of the weight down to about 260, 265 when suddenly he was taken away from us. Uh, another thing I got to say that was very unique about JYD was his theme music. I mean, he used to come out with some pretty cool music. Grab uh, Them Cakes was one of them. that He performed with the disco queen herself, Vicki Sue Robinson, who uh, tragically, we lost her 16 years ago. Of course, Vicki Sue Robinson, better known to you all as a disco star who uh, used to sing Turn the Beat Around uh tragically we lost her one month before her 46th birthday however of cancer tragically uh but also ladies and gentlemen he would also come out to other themes including the other one bites the dust by queen uh bad bad leroy brown which was one of his famous themes there in mid-south wrestling by the late great jim croce uh atomic dog by george clinton and of course stagger lee by lloyd price so JYD was definitely a very unique individual, guys. I'll tell you what, I mean, he, like I said, was a very heartwarming, uh, heart-sensitive type guy. And uh, it's just a shame he's no longer with us, because I'll tell you what, if he was around today, I could see him getting in the face of guys like maybe Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, um, possibly guys like AJ Styles, even. You know, I mean, it would be very interesting. So, uh, all in all, however, my final thoughts about Clash of the Champions 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to give this about 7 out of 10. Uh, my favorite match of the night, I have to say, as crazy as it sounds, uh, I would have to say it was the U.S. Tag Team title affair between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. I always thought, as I mentioned, these guys had some great feuds in the Mid-South area as well as the NWA, so I would definitely say that was my favorite match of the night. A close second is possible between the semi-main event and the third-to-last match, but I'm going to go with the third-to-last match. Involving Doom and the Steiners, I thought these guys did pretty well with each other, and they really handled themselves pretty well uh, here tonight, as far as the matchup goes, at the Clash of the Champions 11, if you will. Uh, my least favorite match of the night, however, my non-entertaining matchup that I really thought that could have been better, or really shouldn't have been on the show at all. Um, I'm going to say these two were it. Uh, the first one, Lex Luger taking on Sid Vicious, lasting only 26 seconds. I thought that was absolutely Bunch of BS and crap that they would even throw This on and uh, The other match that I really kind of was not Really a big fan of and I know a lot of people Are asking me what are you thinking Jared but you know what This is my opinion I want to stand by it I want to say the matchup that really kind of Just really did not impress me Was the wildfire Tommy Rich Big Bam Bam Bigelow matchup I thought that matchup Was just absolutely hokey uh, It wasn't really exciting however It just really was Not uh, entertaining You know it just it could have been a lot better, so that's what I thought. Now, before we go on, ladies and gentlemen, we do have, however, uh, some news about TNA wrestling hard, and I know a lot of people have been asking us lately, what has been going on with TNA? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we can tell you right now, we have got some news on TNA, and here is the latest news as of now, according to reports on TNA. Uh, PW Insider has an update on the still go, currently going on lawsuit that was filed against TNA in the Nashville Chancery Court, in some of the more recent developments in the case. Eight days ago, the court issued an order that extends the defendant's time to answer the lawsuit or pleased regard to the case which would be until today which would be until today, and in this addition said that the counsel for both Corgan and the defendants requested the order and that the extension further of furthers the interest of judicial economy and efficiency. Per the report, however, this means that the two sides have possibly reached the settlement, and it could be filed in court either today or before the end of this week, maybe, or early next week. It was reported earlier this month that Corgan had signed a settlement with TNA and Anthem, and Corgan confirmed it as such on his Twitter account. But right now, nothing has been let us known for that as of yet. Uh, we'll definitely uh, check that out, however, in more ways than one. And, of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we will have more and more uh, updates on this story, ladies and gentlemen, coming up here, ladies and gentlemen, here uh, tonight on the Revolution Show here, beginning at 8 p.m. And one final story, real quick. Uh, congratulations to Nikki and Bree Bella, who this week, however, total Bellas, however, will be uh, shooting the cover for their new Latina magazine. That's right, folks. Nikki and Bree will be uh, gracing us with their presence, however, on the cover of Latina magazine very, very soon. So congratulations to the Bella sisters, of course, who also celebrated their 33rd birthday yesterday, however, by becoming the new cover girls of Latina magazine. Okay. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna kind of wrap it up here about three minutes early, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to call it that. However, we will be back here in less than an hour. Gerard and I will have your latest news and new items. We'll talk more about survivors. We'll talk about RAW. We'll talk about NXT. And we also might give you an early preview of what SmackDown might be like here coming up here tonight, however, beginning at nine PM. The caller ID is one three eight oh five five pound. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I am the Iceman Jalama, one seven two four, four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID 139926-POUND. And, of course, you can check us out each and every Tuesday here on the Wrestling Revisited Time Machine show. So, uh, before we also go, ladies and gentlemen, I want to acknowledge our last caller. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know we had a caller on the line. If you'd like to call in next week and give us a call, we'll be glad to take you on with us. Or any of you guys want to call us in, we'll be glad to take you with us and give you our thoughts as well uh so ladies and gentlemen uh thank you for listening tonight have a great thanksgiving week ladies and gentlemen be safe out there don't eat too much turkey and uh enjoy uh the holiday weekend ladies and gentlemen whatever you're doing hell, i know i want to have a good weekend myself uh with my friends and family so i will definitely talk to you again on the flip side again same time same place next week ladies and gentlemen, with gerard t smith king nwo uh here at the time machine desk table if you will so on that note ladies and gentlemen this is the Iceman saying so long right now from ringside. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Have a great night, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving also. Don't eat too much however. We'll catch you soon. And for now, this is JD saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps>